Hello and welcome to the um, what? What was it we used to do, Sean? I forgot. The ten pence oh, arcade yeah. podcasting. I'll start again. Hello and welcome to the ten pence arcade podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And up north, I am Sean. Oh, actually, down south Ooh, now. For me, I yes. am Sean in your face, Holly. Yeah. That was a good intro. I like that. And we talk about many things, often drivel, but sometimes arcade. Yeah, We love the arcades. If you've not listened to this before, you're in for a treat, especially oh, if you yeah. like biscuits and arcade games and drivel. Mm. Now, apologies, everyone. Totally my fault, but I'm going to blame it on Sean, as I always do. Yeah, thanks. He thanks, made Dave. me move to my new house. He made me do it. It was his fault, or him. <laughs> and a couple of weeks ago when we were supposed to record... I was in the middle of a move, and then afterwards there was stuff going on a week after, so we posted it another week, and then another week after that there was something else going on, all to do with the silly house and stuff and things. But we're here now. It's good. Let's do it, Sean. Yeah. Let's do it. It's been the longest break we've ever had. I and think I've, so. I've, I've missed the listeners. Even oh. even my stalker's not even stalking me anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, big Jeff. Stalking stalk face. St- yeah, he's not, he's, he's not bothered now. Is he an actual stork? One of those birds with the big beaks. Burb. It looks like it, yeah. He's got two thin legs. Yeah. <laughs> and a massive bill. Yeah. Anyway, in all this time off, Sean, I hope you've been doing tons of things. I have been doing tons of things. To do with the arcade? You kind of, well, no. That, oh, that, yeah, is, a that is a short no. A little bit, yeah, Tell actually. me. Tell me some stuff. Well, I'll How have you been, in. actually? Old son, I haven't talked to you for ages, and I miss you. What's going on? Yeah, you too. Uh, yeah, I've been good. I've been settling into my new job. It's a nice, nice Ooh. little spreadsheet, spreadsheet Ooh. friendly position. That is right up your alley. Right half, up. Half eight till five. Get the weekends off. The old weekends off are always good. I haven't worked yeah. a weekend in about seven years. I refuse to do it. My, mm. my um, the shop floor manager comes around every now and again. He sort of looks at me and he goes. I'm going to ask you anyone. I go, yeah. And he goes, do you want to come on Saturday? And I just go, <laughs> and he walks off. He knows me by mm-hmm. now. I'm not going to do that. Weekends, well, I'm playing arcades. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also for going to the recycling centre and going up in the loft and emptying boxes, which is all I've been doing lately. Tell me something you've been doing that's actually good, Sean. Well, well, on the top of this list, I did a whole week, right? Yeah. With, without any chocolate, biscuits or sweets, ice cream, nothing like that. Oh, you're actually in hell. And it was, I've put a clickbait here. You just would not believe what happened next. The results, clickbait. Everything tasted a lot sweeter. Like, re, like because there's so much sugar in white chocolate, because it hasn't got as much cocoa bunkers in it. Yeah. Is that officially re- what it's called? Cocoa bunkers. It's really, mm. really sweet. Let um, me just write that down, Coco Bonkers. That could be a title <laughs> for a podcast. Coco Bonkers. Yes. So I, I kind of went off chocolate, but I, I started like over the next week, I got back on it again, but not as m- much. So I'm doing it again, right? From the 1st of February. Oh, this you is just... like misery. I see. Yeah, Welcome I to it. my club. From the 1st of February to now it's the 21st, I've had no sweets, no biscuits and no chocolate. At all, so that so no sweet nah, stuff doesn't compute. I'm I'm trying to get my taste buds. What I'm eating right to to 
sort of counterbalance it. So, <laughs> uh, sweet corn. I know there's loads of they're just carbs. <laughs> sweet corn. Sweet corn is lovely. I've been eating sweet corn. You sound insane. Even tomatoes taste. Everything tastes better. It's amazing. Cheese. What has spurred all this on? Raisins taste amazing. Little tomatoes. I've said little tomatoes. So um, uh, orange juice, which I know is just pure sugar, but I'm I'm cutting it's out. It's a good sugar. Yeah, it's good. It, it's orangey. Every, it's still sugar, but I'm I'm just seeing if I can do it. Chocolate, Why? because I was eating far too much chocolate, especially when like if I got in from training from Crab Margaret or Crab Magic. Crab Magic. You just you just pig because you you're too hungry and you can't be bothered to cook anything. I'm having a lot of eggs. I eat loads of eggs. At the yeah, day. eggs are good. And then I'd have loads of chocolate. I thought, I can't keep doing this. Eggs so and I've, chocolate. Sounds ideal. For supper at half ten at night. Yeah. Even late at night's not good. Yeah, I'm not putting any weight on because of, you know, all the physical fitness and that. But it was it was eating at the wrong time and night. And I thought, right, I'll, I'll try it. So I'm trying it again. So I'm up to February the 1st to the tw- February the 21th now. So that's how many days is that, Vic? It's about... Um, many days. Many days. Less than 50 Lots. More, more than 22. Lots. Not 20. Yes, yes. Anyway, if I'm doing that, that's good. It uh, sounds miserable. No, it's good. I'll tell you what, when you have... I, I don't have much carbs now. I only have... I don't have much, like, pasta, rice, or bread. You are in I, hell. When I do have bread, like, we have one takeaway a week, and I had a burger, and the, the afterwards, the the craving you get for something sweet is incredible. It's like really, really, it's worse than like heroin, possibly. Do you know if they did Maybe. a new Hellraiser film now, mm. when there were sort of the Cenobites are in the like the seventh level of hell, you'd be in a corner going, Can I have a Mars bar? Give <laughs> me Mars bar. And the Cenobites like, No. What I did notice when I went for a whole week was the Cadbury's chocolate didn't taste good it has a kind of a weird kind of chemical aftertaste kind of a very slight chemical aftertaste do you know why it's because when i found your your chocolate stash when i was at your house last i just covered it in toilet duck (laughs) so that was it yeah that's why sorry it's Uh, it's now toilet duck chocolate yeah damn it Uh, it sounds rotten mate i think you should just enjoy yourself have a pie have a, have a sausage sandwich. Go on, on me. Have a sausage sandwich. I'm going to go to the end of February, which is another nine days, and then I'm going to try chocolate again. But I'm going to go for the eighty percent chocolate, and then did the Bourneville. The Bourneville was the only one that tasted nice, and then the dairy milk. You've lost uh, it. And then You've the white totally chocolate over I can't get this screwed up look off my face. I can't. I'm like, why? It's, Don't it's do it. To, it's nothing to do with diet. It's just resetting my taste buds. Okay, Sean has fell off the deep end, everyone. <laughs> I will get him back by making him eat Empire Biscuits when he comes to visit me soon. Oh, yeah. What yeah. else? What else, apart from your weird diet? You country walks, we're out country walks, Malham, uh, in the lakes. No, it's not in the lakes, it's in the northeast. No, it's not. Somewhere at Yorkshire, that's it. Tatton Park, mm. many local. I met, right, this is very weird. Yeah. A guy I hadn't seen since school, he might have seen my Facebook ramblings because I've not been on it for ages and I'm putting on all the... Yeah, your videos oh, and stuff. Yeah, the videos. And he says, I'm in Blackburn. Do you want to meet up? I said, yeah, why Why not? And we had a right good chat. I met him in one of the 
I met him in one of the local Weatherspoons pubs. Um, it just brought back so much memories because I hadn't really seen him since school. Oh, wow. Or sixth form or whatever, like 35 years. like 78 years. years ago. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> and all the school people, all these these names that he like recounted, I thought, oh, I remember him, I remember him. And it was brilliant. It was such a good chat and he's done really well for himself. Cool. And I said, I said I'm just sitting in the corner playing arcade games, mate. That's me. Anyway, he has really good. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, brilliant. I've, I'm not going to see anyone I know up here because I've moved no, away no. from, obviously when I moved from my sort of hometown sort of thing, Weymouth, Portland, Weymouth, then moved to London for like 11 years, 12 years, and then moved to Scotland. I'm never going to meet anyone from school up here, am I? Unless it's a real massive freak of nature going on. Mm. You know, right. Two more things, and then you've got massive. You've got tons there. Wow! Because you moved out. I've decided the Geek Retreat Retro Night. I've decided to stop doing it because I wasn't really giving it my full attention. I did four of them, I think. Yeah. And I was just. There's a lot of social media that you need to do, and I don't like doing that anyway. You've got yeah. promotion promotion to do. So I was doing doing the image and then a little bit of promotion, but. It does take up a lot of time, so I thought I'd concentrate on the podcast and the YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but I have enjoyed it. I've learned a lot from it, actually. Yeah, you can't spread yourself too thinly. I mean, that's what happens when, when we I first started in the podcast with Alex. We're doing it every week, and it's just insane. You know, mm. The editing takes almost, well, back then it was taking almost a day to do it because I wasn't very good at it. I do it a lot quicker now. But then you haven't got long to play it. You've got to do you know, your projects and your home life and everything. I think it's just best to do one or two things well than tons of things slapdash because mm. we're slapdash enough as it is we don't want to get any worse bit. than that yeah. we are a bit yeah don't blame you don't blame you right, two more things uh, YouTube video of the Williams Defenders Players oh, United yes. that there went was, really well yeah there was a big they, they do it every year now don't they there's a mm. big Defenders Defender Players meetup at Arcade Club where they get all the Defenders out because they've got tons of Defenders and the, the was it just Defender or was it Williams games in general? There was eight Defenders. Wow. Four Robotrons, two Stargates. Oh, right. Nice one. That's a good it's, bunch it's, of games. It's in the video. Check it out, kids. It's awesome. Mm. I interviewed five five or six people. Cool. Re- really good, and I enjoyed it. And I think I got across how good the event is, I think. Mm. I'd like to have gone to one of those, but I was just too busy here at the moment to do that. Yeah, it was. it's a way down for you, isn't it? Yeah. But right, last thing, I've been messing around with Ras- Raspberry Pi 4. I've, I've been putting loads of ROM sets on it, and I thought this time I'm going to, because I keep messing with it and swapping stuff, and then it corrupts and all that lot. <laughs> I've put the Raspberry, a decent Raspberry Pi 4 ROM set on a, a USB stick, and it's just booting from that. And then right. when, when Safer, I'm happy, I suppose, isn't it, like that? When I'm happy, I'll just copy all the ROMs onto the thing. And it's yeah. easier as well. It is and a that- massive pain in the balls trying to do ROM sets all the time. I think it's best to get do it once, get all the games you want to play on there and all the ones you might ever want to play for the podcast and everything else, get them all working, and then just don't update. Mm. As soon as you start updating, you find a ROM doesn't work, then another ROM won't work, and another, oh, for goodness sake, and you've got to do it again, and you lose stuff, and the samples won't work, and it's just a massive ball ache. I think it's best to do what you said, is just get all the things you ready and just leave it alone for a while. Yeah, get it on the... What I've come to a conclusion in... I've come to a conclusion in on... Is you can't speak properly? Apart from that... Yes. <laughs> the Raspberry Pi 
the standard Raspberry Pi is good for console games. Yes. The Raspberry Pi 400 with the built-in keyboard is much better for computer games. Of course, got a keyboard. So I'm going to I'm going to keep them separate. So like the Commodore 64, the Atari 800, which I'm getting into, mm. the Spectrum, the Amiga, they're all they all work brilliantly on yeah. the Pi Pi 400. So I'm going to keep two separate ROM sets. I think it's a good idea. I've sort of got that with my, my Misters. Because I've got a Mister, which is like the, the main D10 Nano, and it's got the add-ons onto it, the sort of the bottom and the top add-ons, the I.O. board and the memory board and all this sort of stuff. And that goes in my arcade machines. It's just got arcade stuff on. I haven't got any other stuff on there. And the one I've got that's got the multi-system on it, which has got everything built in, you just pl- plug the D10 Nano on top of it, that is for consoles and computer stuff. I want to keep it like that. So that one stays up here in my nerd room, my new nerd room. And the arcade one remains in the horizontal pony downstairs. And I can swap it to, to the vertical one if I, if I want to. It's quite quick to do that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. That's a good idea. Because playing mm. around with ROMs is a pain. And I've recently noticed that because of one of the things I've been doing lately, which I'll get to in a sec. Right, that's me. A lot of stuff, really. But we have been we have been away for like I don't know, well, about six, seven weeks. Six, seven isn't weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, first one for me moved to a new house. I bought a house. Yay! Yes. I want to look around that. When we finish, can we do a FaceTime around your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be quite good actually. It takes a while. It's quite a big house. So one mm. of the reasons we moved from London is we wanted a bigger house, and to buy one in London, it's five billion pounds minimum. Yeah. It's ridiculous. London is broken. I can't afford a massive house in London. I don't think anyone can nowadays. So we moved to lovely Scotland. And we've lived up here for nearly seven, seven or eight months now. Seven months. And we moved to a flat and rented for a while, just where we found a house. And houses in Scotland, since COVID, have gone crazy. Because everyone wants to move to a bigger house and have a bigger place and have a cheaper place. So everyone's moved to Scotland. It's a popular place, especially Glasgow, to live. So... We bid on a few houses and they got snapped up quite quickly and houses were going really quick and way beyond what they were supposedly worth because people were just putting more bids in because it's a different way of doing things up here. They do auctions and stuff. Yeah. So we missed out on a few houses and we quite a few come on we didn't really like and were going too quickly and this one came up. We liked it. We put a good bid in, which we could afford, and we won it. So we moved in not too long ago. And it's been really good so far. It needs stuff doing to it. I mean, it's it's quite old-fashioned because there's a lady who lived here for nearly 50 years. So you can imagine what sort of like 70s and 80s things are in here. I mean, the walls in this room are pistachio. Oh, nice. Yes. Have you got any of that jazzy wallpaper? Oh, yeah, it's got chipboard. Uh, ch- chip, wood chip on the walls. <laughs> when you came round to call. Uh, yeah, so it's it's quite old-fashioned some of it, but other parts of it are lovely, and it's got really high ceilings, because a lot of stuff in Glasgow has got really high ceilings. It's a huge house, really big rooms, a lot of it. And it's really nice, and I really, really like it. Because the oh, weird okay. thing was, I kept saying to people, right, you go around, when you buy a house, right, you look around it for 10 minutes, you go, oh, yeah, I like that, I like that. Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Oh, that's good, i take a picture of that. I'll look in the garden, you yeah, whatever. You go away, and you go, yeah, we want that house. And you put down all the money you've ever had. All of it. Mm. Well, in my case, all of it. And you buy it. And then when you actually get the keys in a few weeks' time, whatever it takes, in, in England it takes months to get a house, but in, in Scotland it's a bit quicker. So you get your keys and you go in and go, oh, I wonder what it's like. Because you don't actually mm. know. You haven't really looked around it. You've not lived in it. You've not visited too often. And 
and then you sort of think, oh god, I hope it's I hope it's going to be what we want, and it, it really is. It's nice. I, I think we're just lucky. It certainly wasn't a um, educated guess. It was just a guess. <laughs> But yeah, it's really yeah. good so far. I really like it. It needs some stuff doing to it. Hopefully, we're doing that before long. A little bit of building work and some decorating and new kitchens and all that sort of stuff. We've got a massive fridge. It's massive. Oh, good. It's huge. It's one of these. It's by a company called Hire, and it's huge. You get me in. We could do the podcast in it. Oh, that'd be nice. Be Make a cool. call in the summer. Yeah, I think the freezer is minus eighteen or something stupid. That'd be a bit cold. Talking of cold, it's cold up here. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it has been we, down here. We've, we've been battered by wind. Yeah, we have snow yesterday. Ooh, we're not, we had a little bit of that the other day, but it's gone. For about three hours, and it rained, and it cleared up, and you could never tell it been here, because like, the rain like disappeared the snow. I don't know how it did it. it Was kind it of like fell... the rains in Africa? No, it, mm. it's like Blackburn. Uh, by the way, if, you need any, if you're in a nice area in Glasgow, I can send up some Blackburn skanks for you. Oh, no thanks. We, we've got enough skanks in certain parts of the town. There's a couple of them I, could, I see on the park bench, all spiced up, you know, that spice stuff. Spice right up. What, Met nutmeg fo- in that? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I'm sniffing nutmeg. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the bits will fall up, fall over. What's the point in that? Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations. I hope you enjoy your new house. More importantly, I've got a bigger nerd room to put all my project stuff in, the podcast, so-called studio boxes full of stuff I've got to get rid of. I've got duplicates of consoles and computers I'm going to get rid of. My work little workstation behind me if I do all the soldering and tinkering and stuff on. I've got some shelves and things with like little drawers in from my electronic bits. And also, more importantly than anything else in the house, the arcade cabs are in a room. Nice. They're in what's going to be the knock-through from the kitchen into the dining room, dining room at the moment. Right. And they all fit in. Oh, I can nice. play them all. There are some boxes in there with PCBs in, but they're going to be gone before long. I'll get rid of a lot of the PCBs. But you can actually play them in there. It's quite a nice room. It's quite a nice space in there. And I can even pull them out into the middle to work on them if I have to. It's oh, nice. Brilliant. I was playing Berserk last night on a, on a pony. It was awesome. It's, I haven't really played. When I had the stuff in the, in the flat, it was sort of behind the sofas. I never really got to it. There's two cabs in my nerd room. And I've not really played that much, but I'm going to start playing a lot more now. Now they're in the room together. They look really good in there as well. It looks really nice. So that's pretty good. The only ones that aren't playable are the two new ponies, because I still need some monitors for those. The tubes are still rubbish on those. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, as I said, I've got to get rid of loads of stuff. I've got two large panga boxes full of stuff. I've got like, an Apple IIc to get rid of. I've never used. Uh, two Commodore 64Cs. A VIC-20, uh, an Atari 1700, two Atari 2600 Juniors, a few Atari 8-bits, oh, all sorts of stuff I've got to get rid of. But mm. what you were saying also, another thing I've been doing lately, is a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, is going to get rid of a lot of his consoles because he's having problems with them working and you know all this sort of stuff. And there's too much stuff lying around. He wants to like, downsize it a wee bit. And he was saying, I must get hold of one of those you know, mini machines that you can mod and put lots of consoles on. And I sort of looked over to my right and went, Hold on a minute. I was having a video called to him at the time. I said, one of these, and I had like a boxed SNES, one of the minis. I've ah. never used it. I took it out, right. tried it. It's got 21 built-in games in it. I put it back in the box, never used it. Because the thing with those SNES minis and also the Mega Drive minis, they're exactly the same or nigh on the same computer inside mini 
single chip computer inside as the mini NES, which I've had for years. I've got two of them. So my mini NES that I've got, which I can't find at the moment, has been modded. It's got PC Engine games on it, Mega Drive, Master System, SNES, NES, wow. probably some others. You can put loads of stuff on there when you mod them. And the mod is just a plug a wire in, put some software in, bish bosh. There's no soldering, none of that business. Just do it through a USB cable. So I said to him, well, I can put some stuff on this for you if you want. He said, yeah, that'd be brilliant. So I'm going to do that for him. And I, I modded it, and it took me a little while to remember what I was doing because when you put new games on it, you need to put like the little pictures of the games, the little box art. So I had to scrape them off the internet and find them and work out. And I worked, in the end, I worked out how to do it, and it was quite quick. But I was taking ages, and I sort of worked it out how to do it all in one go. So it does it all automatically. And it works pretty good. But that thing is... Um, it takes like two minutes to hack it. It's really quick. And then wow. they're, they're really capable. I was reading on there, you can put a Dreamcast emulator on it. I don't know how quick it would run. Oh, yeah, I think they're a bit... But the best still... thing about these little minis are, when you turn them on, they take about five seconds to boot. They're not like a, yeah. a Pi or anything. They haven't got to load Linux up. I think it's just an onboard built-in system. There's no operating system or whatever. It boots almost immediately and when you turn it off it just says now turning off and it takes a few seconds and it's off it's that quick and that easy wow it's they're really nice little thing and they look really cute as well and they can, you can hide them away you can put them on a modern tv they're hdmi all that sort of business but you've got options for scan lines and stuff so it's pretty good I quite like those i must get my i was going to make i've got a spare nest one some someone sent me i think it was the island pirate actually from canada he sent me one and I was going to make it into a mini, into a little box with a screen, so I can have a mini one of them. But mm. I, it's a project that's gone on my, probably my 15th back burner. I've got many back burners, all burning <laughs> away, but they've got things on them. But that will happen in the future. But yeah, they're, they're really good. I've got the PlayStation Mini as well. And that one plays PlayStation games. So a Dreamcast is not, with modern computers, it's not that much of a leap. Because I think mm. these things can play N64 and Dreamcast. I haven't actually tried anything on there. I just did the basic 8 and 16-bit emulators for them because then we can add stuff later on when I see them again. Mm. It's getting there, though. That was interesting, doing that. I had quite some fun in the end doing that. Another one I've been doing lately is modding Atari 2600 cartridges. Now, there was a 32-in-1 cartridge released by Atari, which had some really poor games on it. 2K games, 32 of them, but they're really, really poor games. Not good at all. 64K? 64, whole K in one cartridge. So it uses That's some sort of switching. insane. It's madness. But what you can do, I followed, I think I told you a little while ago, actually. What you can do is you can follow a very easy-to-do guide. You can, you take off the old EEPROM, you've got to unsolder it or snip it off and unsolder it, put a... Socket on there. You do two wire cuts, two uh, trace cuts, and two wire mods, which is a little bit of solder and a couple of bits of wire. And you burn yourself 16 4K games, which equals 64K. I burnt myself the other day. Oh, what, on the toaster? On the pan where I'm boiling my eggs. I eat a lot of eggs. So... 16 4K games. And what you do is to play with different games, you turn it off and back on again, it, it swaps to the next one. That's how the 32 in one works. So I've done two of them for myself, and I've done one for Mr. 20 to 5, season 2 is 2600. 
But I was also sent some custom cart PCBs from a really cool person on Atari Age who got, I got in contact with that allow eight 8K games to run on them. So you're still using that 64K EEPROM, but this one allows 8K games because the bank switch on an Atari 2600 has different modes, which I was a bit confused about. I wasn't, didn't quite understand. But he said, oh, I'll set them to all use this certain mode, and the eight games I wanted to put on there all work fine. So I've got one that mm-hmm. works on 8K games because the 8K games are quite a step up from the 4K. Um, but yeah, I've been having fun doing that. And some of the Atari 2600 games are quite fun, but a lot of them are very poor. Very poor indeed. But some of them, a lot of fun. Their version yeah. of Pengo is really good. I've got the one of the Atari collections on the Evercade, and it is re- when you look at it, it's really, really basic. I think I've said this before. Yeah. Just very basic blocks. And then you get, uh, yeah, I have. I've said it before. The Activision games are good. Yeah. Obviously, I, I don't know, uh, way back in 1982, David Crane and all the, the Activision people were doing wonders with the Atari 2600. I know, I know now there's a lot better. Yeah, they're, they're very, very simple Pimble, games. But... Uh, not Pimble, Pitfall, when mm. I was a lad, thinking this is fantastic. And Pitfall and, 2 is even is way above again. Yeah, and River Raid and just, yeah. how good are these graphics? And they still look like okay. Co- Commodore 64 kind of quality from a... Yeah, some of them, yeah. 2600. It's amazing what how simple things can be and still fun and still challenging. It's like me, that. Yeah, simple, fun and challenging. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is you in a nutshell, mate. Thanks. So, yeah, that's been what I've been up to. I haven't made anything for a while. I'm, fin- I'm going to finish off that little bar top. I need to put some sound into it, and that's finished then. Oh, that's great, that. And I have another project right up my sleeve. I'm only wearing a T-shirt, but it's right up. You see it? No, that's an armpit. There is a project up there as well. I can see it. Yeah. I'll tell- well, I'll tell you about that later on. I'll tell the listeners when I've done it. Yeah. Yay. What games have you been playing? Come on. I've been, I've been playing the featured game quite a lot, actually. Oh, I have not. not. Get- not getting any better at it. Borderlands 2. Super Still playing Co- that? You're obsessed. Yeah, it's, it's nice just to have a chill out on that, really. How, just to wonder. How long does it take to finish the game, then? Or are you playing online? No, I don't play online. It's a, I think the game itself is maybe 40, 50 hours, maybe. So you're going through it again? No, there's a load of DLC, which is another 40, 50 hours. So oh, right. I'm, so I'm, is it mission-based, the single-player games? Yeah, you can... It's like a sandbox thing, so you can wander around, do different missions at different times. So I'm just sort of wandering around. So I've, I've completed all the bad guys. Yeah. Beat the game, beat the DLC, but I'm just going around mopping up all the missions I haven't done. Oh. But then you can then you can reset it and play it on a harder difficulty. Just nice to play. It's yeah. the only first-person shooter with a mouse that I play. Everything else is arcade, really. Yeah. Oh, say, saying that, Super Cobra... Of, that is so difficult, but I really like it. I'm saving it after every, after every every one thousand miles. I'm saving it and then practicing the next one thousand miles until I do that. I'm oh, trying to loop it. Super Cobra is, is difficult. It's, it's so much harder than because you know with the first one, Scramble. There's two mm-hmm. versions of it. There's Ooh. the Konami version, which is quite easy, and that the fuel doesn't go down too quick. And I think it only like fires one rocket at you at a time when you're going along the, the landscape. But the stern version, your fuel goes down a lot, lot quicker, and it fires two or three rockets at you at a time. Mm. And it's much harder. And then Super Cobra goes that one stage even further. It's even harder. It's like they just threw everything like 
everything yeah. at you they could. Some of it is unfair, actually, where rockets sort of come at you from off screen, and but you can learn it. So yeah, I do enjoy it. But the maze is twice as hard, and the, the you know all the 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 bits you go through like the craggy island bits are quite difficult to get through even at the very start of the game you know you're sort mm. of like three levels three screens in and you start doing that business and stuff firing at you all over the place yeah yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and because i've been messing around with a raspberry pi desmond's dungeon i've been playing that that is such a fantastic that is a favorite game. of ours isn't it on the atari Atari 800 emulator. I, I put it on the Raspberry Pi, finally got it working, but as I said, I'm going to put it on the Raspberry Pi 400 because yes. it, it just works better. So I, put, I had it on an emulator on PC, yeah. and it's different colours, actually, to Raspberry Pi. The PC is obviously the right colours. Oh, Raspberry right. Pi, there's a lot more blue in it. It's weird. Oh, okay. It's, it's the weird, same ROM. It's the exact same ROM. Are you running the NTSC version or something? Because I think Desmond's Dungeons was a British game. Ah, could be. It could be an NTSC you're running or something, and it's not PAL. Ah, I had that be. recently with some of these these Atari Twenty Six Hundred ROMs. Mm. Also, I just remembered actually, I found a problem with my PVM. You know, I use a Sony PVM monitor, fourteen inch for my consoles and computers. Mm. The Twenty Six Hundred. When I burnt these new ROMs, one of the ones I did was working fine in color. And this next one I did, everything was in black and white. I was like, what's going on here? Must be something wrong with the wrong. And I thought it was something wrong with my, my 2600, and I, I repaired the the on and off switch because it was a bit wonky. When you touched it, it was sometimes resetting. So I swapped the the switch next to it, which is a black and white color selector you don't really use, with that. And it still kept going into black and white. And I thought, like, what's going on here? Because the ROMs I used before, I didn't even check them to be Paolo and TSC. I just did them. And mm. they play in color. And if it's NTSC, they're the wrong colours, but you don't really notice that much. And it, every now and again, a game would come back in colour. I was like, oh, brilliant, it's working again. And you'd go on and off to do the next game, black and white. I was like, what's going on here? And I thought I cracked it, and it's still playing black and white. And I was going, talking to the person who sent me those those single-board PCBs for the carts, and he said, oh, this must be a problem with NTSC. And I was like, no. And I worked out in the end, it was the signal going from 2600. My PVM doesn't like Right. So I tried it on my other PVM, a little 10-inch one, absolutely perfect. And I got another TV I tried it on, absolutely perfect. So it's just the PVM doesn't like it. The PVM was playing my NES, my original NES Junior, in perfect colour, and the PC Engine in perfect colour. It must be the signal is either too strong or not strong enough. I'm going to look into it, because those PVMs apparently do fail after a while. There's a certain chip that gets uh, the solder's not very good on it, and it can make it not work in, bl- in colour properly. Ah, I'm looking to PAL and NTSC. That might be a problem you're having there. Right, right. Mm. I, I do love the game, though. It's it's a great game, and it would made a good I arcade think, game. That I think. I think didn't we do it with maybe Retro Asylum games that should have been in the arcade, something like that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those that should have been in there. And we, yes, what was that about 985? Is it? That's my dungeon. Yeah, e four, e three, something like that. Yeah, it's an old one. It's a good one though. Another it's, game you should play is Alley Cat. All right. That's a really good game. Not the what, Commodore the, 64 version? No, there's one... You're actually a cat. It's not Alley Cat as in an aeroplane. You're a cat in it. And you do catty mm-hmm. things. It's a really good game. It's brilliant. I think it's only on the Atari, actually. Oof. Oof it's brilliant. What have you been playing, Vic? I've been playing a bunch of 2600 games. And not many arcade games of late. But... I did find my Mr. Driller stack of PCBs. You know, I lost them yeah. for a while. They're in the bottom of the wardrobe behind 
a load of stuff in storage at the flat. And when I was clearing everything out before we moved, I found them. So I put them safely in the back of the Mr. Driller cab, which isn't quite finished yet. Um, it's in its own ISIS cab. Uh, and I gave it a good spin of it. I put Mr. Driller, I plugged the jammer harness into Mr. Driller G, which is my favourite one. It's the last Mr. Driller game. And it so rocks that game. It's so good. It's a shame Mr. Driller 2 and Mr. Driller G aren't emulated in MAME yet, or are they? Because I've missed a lot of new versions of MAME. I'm not sure if they run on that yet. Hopefully they do. Because right. Mr. Driller G, I know it's Mr. Driller games are very similar, but this one adds quite a few things to it. And it would be wise to do it on the podcast. I love Mr. Driller G. It's so good. So I gave that a good go. I also gave the Horizontal Pony a bit of a go. And it's still got my BZ FPGA in it, which is the Berserk and Frenzy FPGA emulator. And that's the one I used when we when we did Frenzy recently. And I was playing Berserk the other night, and damn, it's still such a brilliant game. I play slow bullets because fast bullets just gets too hard too quick. But mm. slow bullets gets hard as well. When you get to five thousand points, and, and Otto goes crazy, goes really fast. That's when it gets difficult. I've also been giving a bit of time to my Phoenix trim line and my Space Invaders trim line. I had a good go of... Um, Lunar Rescue. Lunar Rescue. been playing a bit of Lunar Rescue because that's on the Space Invaders multi-board I've got in my Space Invaders cab. Fantastic game. Love Lunar Rescue. Absolutely love it. So that's good. I had a quick game with Dig Dug the other day because I was just testing all the cabs as I put them in the place and they're all working fine. I had a go on uh, Cubets Cubes as well. Love that game. Still rubbish at it, but still love it. So I was just looking at, I've got MAME 235 on my laptop. Okay. And Mr. Driller 2 is on there, but it says overall not working. Ah. So I don't know if I haven't, I don't know if there's a BIOS I need or something. Because Mr. It, Driller, I think, uses System 10 or 12, Namco Centennial 12. And I think Mr. Driller 2 and G use 21. Mr. Driller uses System 12. GN2 use System 10. Quite a few versions later. Different hardware. It might just, yeah, it might just be something I'm missing. It might be working in MAME. That'd be really cool because they're such good games. That's the way. That's one of the reasons I've kept hold of the PCBs because they're such good games. I love them. Really like those games. So that's about it for me. I did give the cabs a good going over, make sure they all worked and they're all okay still, which is nice. Hmm. Yeah, more playing is going to be going on soon. More playing. Deserve it after that big move. Yeah. Arcade news. Right then, my ladies. Right then. Tell me about these new UK arcades. I like those things. I would do if I could remember it. I did this a month ago. I'm going to click on it. There's two new arcades in UK. There is. Here we go. New Wave Arcade. S8 Westgate Ripon. Oh, it's West Yorkshire way. It's on the way to somewhere else, that. Yeah. Another place in Yorkshire. Very well done, yes. We try to drive through It's a bit north. It? It's a bit north yeah. of England. Yeah. Well, it was, it's a lovely place, Ripon. So, yeah, it's an arcade there. We can put a link in a no-shows. It's yes. called the New Wave Arcade. Nice name. Yeah. And next one, Carousel Huddersfield. Are you sure it's not Carousel? Carousel. Carousel. Ooh, it's, it's got a spin. It's, oh, this looks more like a bar with... with games in look like a an n64 kind of thing looks okay. nice yeah looks nice like the sound of it yeah arcade there's a sign and there's some cocktails Ooh. and there's some more cocktails oh there's a man and i'll switch that off 
this right 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 there's been loads of clickbait in the last month sega leaves the arcade business for good they're yeah. gone they're finished which is a load of baloney mm. it's not true the the company that bought out 85 percent of the shares of the japanese arcades either last year or the year before it bought it all so they own the sega japanese arcades which is they're going to call it gaigo which is good god it's incredibly good outside that's what it's short for no it's some, not. Some, some gaming or something yeah but sega as a company and as a development team are still going there's a there's a de- there's a branch in america i think and some some developers over in over in japan so there's still sega games yes even if there's not sega arcades that's still a good thing yeah so there's all stars basketball coming out mm-hmm. jumanji mission Who, who's Impossible. this alistair alistair's basketball alistair's basketball Ooh. I, I said, yeah base baseball i don't know he's doing well though some jumanji Mission Impossible Arcade DX, VR Agents, ATV Slam, Men in Black. So all these are big games that we don't really like. But Sega is not dead. Where's the Sonic? That's all I want to know about. Where's the Sonic games? Yeah, they've not got a Sonic. Have Love they? a Sonic, me. So it's all clickbait. It's all clickbait. Yeah, I tend not to care. As long mm. as Sega brings some games out. Because the good thing about Sega now being a software house more than a hardware is they're coming out on all different platforms. So you can still play mm. it. And, you know, they come out and switch and so that, which is good for me. Great. Just bring out some more Sonic games, please. Especially like that one that the, the fan base did, the indie one. That was yeah, really good. good. Yeah, is that any good? Yeah, very good. I've seen I need, it. I need I to go back it. to that on the Switch because I didn't really play much of it at the time I was playing other games at the time. But I need to go back to that and play it. It, looks re- it is really good. Just It's just like the old games. It's brilliant. Next one, I've put the game that never dies. Which Taito is a good thing, because I like them. Taito is developing a new puzzle bubble game. Yes. This looks like a widescreen puzzle bubble with like 97 million bubbles to bop. That is good. Um, you can bring as many puzzle bubbles. The only thing you've got to do, right, with puzzle bubble is not have loads of distracting things moving around in the background. Mm. That's, that's what ruined puzzle bubble three and four for me. One and two are absolutely brilliant. Three and four, there's too much animation going on. It, it, it distracts you when you're trying to move your bubbles around because you've got to be quite accurate on some of them. But mm. on, on the whole, Puzzle Bobble is a brilliant game. Really like Puzzle Bobble games. Yeah, very clever. Very King good. of the Puzzlers. And you'll love this. A no, homebrew, a homebrew. There's lots of homebrew. I've just picked one. And this is a version of Wonder Boy on the Amiga. 1200. Don't like Wonder Boy? Don't like Amigas? Oh, Wonder Boy is incredible. Nah. Dull. So it's, it's so good. Anyway, it's too yeah, slippery. It does have inertia. You know, yeah, too slippery inertia. for my liking. I do like the game, and I prefer the the overall look of Adventure Island, which is the Japanese versions of Wonder Boy. Mm. It's got a different mm. character. But still good mm. games. I used to play it on the Game Boy a lot. Did you know that a few Fridays ago, Maine was 25 years old? I did, yes, and I remember trying to get hold of it. Not bad for a program that started out as multi-pack, emulating just a few Pac-Man hardware-based games. So it it basically played Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, I think Pac-Man Plus, Pengo, Crush Roller, maybe Ladybug, and that's about it. So yeah, not many games it did at the time. That was version 0.1. 
If there's one piece of software in my life I have used the most, it's MAME. Easily. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll probably use MAME yeah. more than Notepad on a, on a, on a Windows computer. Yeah. yeah. MAME is, whatever people say about emulation and hardware and all this sort of stuff, MAME is absolutely essential to arcades. To mm. keep things going, to do uh, fixes and decryption and... Uh, just all sorts. Mame has got is so good. I mean, we'd be mm. lost without it. I think the world is a better place for Mame. So thank you to I think it's Nic- Nicola Salmoria was the main person behind it. Yeah, I think and, so, and, yeah. The, and basically the Mame team and everyone who contributes to it. Let's give them a quick. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did you know the Pico Eight, which is the sort of uh, Vaporware console. It's not an actual physical thing. It's a programming language and maybe at a front end, would you call it? Mm. For, for programmers to build games. And the actual Pico 8 part of it is very limited. You've only got a certain amount of program space, certain amount of colours. You've only got, I think, one resolution. And people are making some absolutely fine games on it. Fantastic games on it. And I made my own little physical console. I made a little arcade control box, joystick, with a Raspberry Pi Zero in it. And I used some software, and I got a little screen for it and everything. I did it all nicely. And I put games on it, and I play them as if it was a real console, a screen and a console together. And they've been doing, some people have been doing some, some very talented people doing some arcade conversions or ports if you like recently so you've got a darius on there an r type uh pengo a ladybug rampage i think someone's in a defender there's loads of them coming out now a zookeeper as well phoenix yeah the zookeeper one looks really good i've been following that on twitter and the person who did that is absolutely fantastic i really really like it so when those ones come out i've got to download them because when you buy and I, I thoroughly recommend everyone buys Pico 8. It's about 15, it's about 12 pounds to buy, isn't it? And it's, it's like really that, worth yeah. it. You can play it on multiple computers. So when you download it, you get the, the Raspberry Pi version, the Windows version, and the Mac version, maybe the Linux version. You get all versions for free. It's all part of the same package, and you can play them on multiple computers. You can even play them online, you know, the cartridges. Yes, you can play them. They call them cartridges, which is the program. And it... They're making out that it's like a real cartridge. It's a really clever idea how they've done it. It's all sort of virtual kind of thing. But it's really, really good. And I recommend people go and buy it and support it. It's, it's fantastic. And the people making the games so talented. To mm. use these limited resources, rather than just you know throwing tons of megabytes at it and graphics cards and RAM and all this sort of stuff, you've got, very lim- you've got a lot of limits to it. And people are doing like old school programming again, and the games are absolutely brilliant on it. So there's tons of them, and they're all free as well. It's amazing, isn't it? It's really good. I was wondering, you haven't got to go yet. You're a bit of a programmer on the quiet. I've not, yeah, I've done no it. Time. No time. No time, doing stupid YouTube videos and stuff. And well, stick to what you're best at playing games. Buffoonery. <laughs> buffoonery. Buffoonery and buffoonery. We've got a lovely video here from Tim Keelan. Ooh. who posted it. I met him the other day uh, for a second, third time. Lovely guy. Cool. And it's 
because I said about, about Great Yarmouth, he, he's posted a picture of it, and there's some very brief views of Great Yarmouth Seafront in the 80s. Oh, well, I used to go there on holiday as a kid. I did. Yarmouth. And I, and I don't remember him. I thought I would do, but I don't. Maybe I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again. I like watching his old videos. The old good, aren't they? Brilliant. Good, good the thing aren't is, they? back then, no one really had video cameras. It was like a, if you were a kid and you saw someone pointing a camera at you, there was a video one because they were massive back in the day. Mm. You tended to play up a bit because you never saw it. It's like you're on TV. But they nowadays, everyone's got a video it, yeah. camera on a phone or whatever. Mm. Everyone's got them. So videos nowadays are two a penny. But back then, and even now, finding videos from back then, is there weren't many around at all. So when you do mm. see one now with all the old arcade games, it's brilliant. And you see so many games you, you forgot about and you think... What is that? And they were just unrecognisable because they're obviously bootlegs in this country. And people mm. just, you know, modified other games and, you know, put more stickers on and different games in machines and they had bootleg ones and ones people had made, all sorts of stuff. Love those old videos. Mm. Have you seen Bosconian on the X68000 computer? I saw this on mm. Twitter the other day. It was a Japanese uh, Twitter. No. Error, error. And I'm not sure if this is a recreated modern version of Bosconian or the original because Bosconian was one of the games that was developed on the X68000 computer. Was it? I think so. I might be wrong. I'm sure the uh, corrections robot will come in if it's not. But this version has got nicely shaded graphics, whereas the original Bosconian was just quite quite basic. It's an old game. And this one looks really cool. It's actually got a power-up on it as well. It's got power-ups. So it must no, it be, it must be, be a later the, version, surely. Yeah, it can't be original then. It looks really good. Hopefully, I'll have time soon to get my X68000 working properly. It's still not quite right. I need to finish that off. But yeah, it looks really good. I like this. I like it. Like it. Because we've been away so long, we've I've got two biscuits. It's I a thought tail. you weren't eating biscuits. This is a long time ago. This is like I'm a just month. looking at them longingly. This is a tale of two biscuits. Tale we've got two biscuits. We've got in the in the good corner. We've got border beautifully crafted sweet memories of butterscotch crunch. You I had think, me at butterscotch. I, think, I can't remember where I've got them. I can't remember where she got them from. It they're says not, on there, buttery brilliance. They're not from. They, they could be Aldi. I don't think so. I don't know where she got them from. They, they are really nice, really tasty. As I, I do remember sweet things now. Ooh, it's been like switch. 21 mm. days. Love and, uh, and in the bad corner, Twix caramel centres. Oh, they look nice. What's so yeah. bad about them? I don't know. They're just not not a lot of taste. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem to work. It's like the, they're not the hit twi- that biscuit spot. The Twix kind of taste with the mm. there's not a lot of flavour really. Yeah, they they didn't have the wow factor. Oh. You know when. So you're walking along the street and someone hits you in the head with a biscuit and you manage to catch it in your mouth. Yeah. It happens quite often. I get it a lot. Yeah. That's wow factor, but this hasn't got it. Mm. So it's 1-0 for the Border Crunch. I wonder if we... Wonder if you That's because it's to, got buttery brilliance. I wonder if you went to the Border. I wonder if you went to Gretna and got some. I don't okay. know. I'll have to ask her. She did tell me, but I don't remember things anymore. Vic. Shall we move on? Recent pickups. I've bought a house that was very expensive. <laughs> Didn't get it on yeah. eBay either, which is odd. Have you have you been buying anything before we get into my? I've bought a few things. I've had a few things, not bought many, but had a few things. 
Have you been getting anything lately? I've got a clampy lamp. <laughs> a clampy lamp? I've got a, a clampy, clampy lamp. Cl- a lamp you can clamp onto like a table and with a USB. It's just it's just for the left side of my face. Is it like a halo light? Yeah. When that's, all, that's what all YouTubers are using and influencers got, and all that lot. I've got a big halo light above my head which keeps reflecting in my glasses. When you turn it on, does it go... Ah, I wonder what that was. Yeah. Well, that's it's it. you being heavenly, Sean. Got a clampy lamp. Clampy and lamp. also, I thought I'd treat myself, treat yourself to, I've got a really, really good Bluetooth speaker, which I can take around the house and do the washing up and that. Not do you know what's really good house. about Bluetooth speakers? They're blue and they've got teeth in them. No, you can pick them up and throw them. Do you not like them? No. People have got my work and it really annoys me. I hate noise at work. This is it's huge. Well, it's not huge. It's heavy. It's a JBL Extreme 3. It's, it's like one of the top of the range Bluetooth speakers. It's so bassy <sighs> from a little. It's quite heavy. But do you know what? Wife's commandeered it. Yeah. It's because you keep playing that rubbish music for it. Dub techno. God. When I go to work, she's, she's got it in the front room. And because this Apple, right, has got Bluetooth... This Apple. This Apple Mac. That oh, you've yeah. You'd be able to put a Mac on the end of it because people think you're, just, you're trying to play music out of an Apple, like a Granny <laughs> Smith or something. This MacBook Air has got Bluetooth on it, yes. and you can play YouTube videos with an ad blocker, so without interruptions. She's yes. commandeered the MacBook as well. She's nicked that. Yeah, so she's playing, Ooh, playing she's all a, her. Oh, she's a cheeky chimp. All her favourite tunes on your MacBook through my speaker. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's excellent though. And I've just bought a load. What's, what's come through poor today? Coffee, a new keyboard from a Raspberry Pi, some more controllers for the Raspberry Pi. I like them little NES controllers. They're so cool. You've been going crazy. I've been crazy. I've been spending. I'm, I'm earning again, you see. Good. Mm. I've got some 2,600 carts. A very kind gent sent me 2, some 2,600 of them. 2,600 were... millions of them. How can they fit in the cupboards? It's about seven. But there's some of his duplicates, actually. Uh, Spider-Man, which is not play it. Smurf. Smurf. Starmaster, I don't know what that is. But the better ones in the thing are Dig Dug, Berserk, Defender, Kangaroo, Crystal Castles, Frogger, and Jungle Hunt. All good games. All good games. Rasp- my Raspberry Pi Adventures, I was playing Berserk on the 7800. And it's good. It's pretty it's, damn good. It's good on the 2600, you know, but it's a little bit chunky. Mm. And it is, it fires weird on, a, on the diagonal isn't quite 45 degrees. It's a bit weird. But it's good for the 2600. It's very good. Mm. And I also got the 2600 mega cart PCBs, enabling me to play the larger size games and put some more on a single EEPROM, which is nice. Nice. Oh, yeah, I got some single cart ones as well, which you can do just the simple two and 4k roms oh did tim keeling send me them no it was the awesome dr kieran nolan you simple-minded gimp i can't remember have we had any feedback a tons let's play the tune then listener feedback here we go First one, Mr. 20 to 5. Just listen to the latest pod and you are wrong. You oh, name what? the two Stop. brothers. Stop. The- we have a situation. This is from December, I think, or January. Go on. You, you name the two brothers who own the Little and Aldi franchise, franchises as Dave Little and Lawrence, Lawrence Aldi. 
well dave is correct but his brother is called garib you have you can have that one for free garib aldi garib aldi just a minute is can you hear that no that's tumbleweed it's the 20 to 5 get in the box in (laughs) the box don't let him out sean don't let him out until next month okay we have The Seeker. I am The Seeker. Enjoy the show, <laughs> lads. Well done. Never been good at Pang, but it is a classic I may revisit. Mm-hmm. Council Face. That's a good name, isn't it? I've got a Council Face, man. Oh, he's been on UK back for tons of years, that lad. I see. All right. Yes. I really enjoyed it, lads. You're now my go-to podcast. Ooh, 10, go to 20. No, 20, go to 10. 10, print podcast is ace. Semicolon, so it prints one after the other. Sorry about that. That's basic programming. Mr. Flinster, Dave Flinster. Oh, how did I miss that? What a shame. Mm, still not finished listening to the Load Runner episode. He's a bit behind. That, that lad's behind. Pixel Hunt Podcast. Happy New Year. <laughs> Good God, to that's see a while you. back. Good to see you back. Door Door. It's when you were saying Door Door. Door Door. Yeah, it's because they're door, very door. Yorkshire, those lads. They say Door Door rather than Door Door. Do you know what? I'm, I, I've got, I've still got a bit of a, a Dorset accent every now and again. If you say words like tomato and tractor, you always say them in, in a Dorset accent. Tractor. Tractor and tomato. <laughs> you can't help it. And that's when people know where I'm from most of the time. So I can't complain with my silly accent. Cine Steve has uh, sent us a video. Have you seen that one yet? Mr. Taxter's on there, our, our Australian uh, Brit in Australia, friend. I've been flicking through it. It's four hours long, and four a lot hours? of these, a lot of these videos are just you know my favourite arcade games, and they're rubbish. But this one is really well put together, and it's four hours. I've, I've watched bits of it. I've not seen Taxter. My yet. bath would have gone very cold by that time in four it, hours. I don't have a four-hour bath, am I? I usually watch you, YouTube videos in the bath. Can you like warm it up? I suppose. Have you got enough room for a jacuzzi? Yeah, but I don't want one because that's just like people soup. Right. I'm not into people soup. No. People soup. Ugh. Great. <laughs> uh, this is the one. William Edward, you guys rock. Yes, we do. You've probably seen it already, but Mr. Adams has Mr. Adams has metal cases. Uh it's a company company, I think it's one person. Do do metal cases for the ras- for the um, mister and they act as heat sinks because they're made out of aluminium and he said I have some random mister case stuff here probably the most useful thing is a real time clock board support thing which I've got on my multi-system which I think that's good for the computers they use real time clocks and he sends uh, ah yes he sent me some designs for the mister multi-system some solid models and I, unfortunately I couldn't use them to make a case at work for them because I need different kind of files for milling CAD CAM rather than 3D printing. But thank you for that anyway. I did have a look at them. It's a shame I couldn't use them. I'll have to work some out for myself for that one. Hmm. Next one, Dave London. Glad I discovered you. I'm nearing the end of my four 12-hour night shifts this week and I've had two emails say, say thank you both, Sean. Thank yourself and Sean for this fantastic podcast. I discovered it last week and my night shift has me wearing ear defenders. 
Why tell you? I hear you asking. Well, it has the Bluetooth earpiece hidden away with it. So I've listened to four or five podcasts and no one knows I'm listening through. I'll continue in until I've gone through the lot. I'm 52. I'm 52. Mm. I only look 51 Mm. and grew grew up through (laughs) the golden age of the arcades. I remember being the top dog at Bomb Jack in my local arcade where I could actually make money from playing. Ooh. I would go for hours on a single credit and, and accumulate a good few S special credits in the game that I'd sell once done. Now, that's entrepreneur. It is entrepreneurship. That's the word I was after, Nick. Thank you. Great memories brought back by your work. I'll be joining in from now on. And we'll listen to the latest podcast when it becomes available as well as I keep going through the other entire 169 episodes of the coming weeks. Keep an eye out for... Dave Retro London. Hopefully, I'll be in the high score table. All the best and thanks again for your continued work. Thanks, Dave. It's lovely that. We did Bomb Jack a long, long time ago, didn't we? Yeah. Hopefully, you'll enjoy that one, Dave. It's a great game. Adam Ford's been on. It's been a great past month listening to your podcast every day. I'm actually sad to be catching up. Great job on each episode. Now I just need to start playing more of the games you cover. Happy Biscuits, Adam Ford. Happy biscuits. Rhaegar. Good evening, Ten Pencers, and a very Merry New Year to you all. Thanks as ever for keeping us supplied with a steady flow of ear biscuits. Oh, that's good. Mm. While listening to the last one, I had some router issues, which meant I ended up hearing your opening credits no less than five times. Gotta say, I love that theme tune. It's a great track and a completely pro- appropriate for the show. If you fancy change, I'd recommend I Love Computers by the Fat Truckers. Check it out. The thing is, on listening to New Invaders five times in a row, the words changed in my head. Now I swear them hearing not enough Tourette's. <laughs> Fair enough. Not enough to. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he's gone bonkers, any. Maybe that was a sign. Would you consider using more robust language on the podcast? On second thoughts, don't do that. Up and down, weird game. There was something about it that maybe might want to like it, but that love was never reciprocated. It was one of the least forgiving games I've ever played. Mm. What about them bonus levels? How do you get 20,000 points? We'll talk about that later. Hats off to Charlie Farr. He, he chose the game, actually. Uh-oh, the, tr- the Trollnad's Twitter account has been active again. He's been on under, mm. his, under, his, under his cave, wherever he lives, under his bridge. He was saying, for players of the current game up and down, be aware there's not just one button game. We thought it was. If you make use of the second button, it proves the game tremendously. Oh, the second button is, of course, the off bar- power button. Uh, He's right. Though. Very funny. Mm. Tin, brother of bronze, god daughter of zinc. Up and down, what a load of... Oh. Star, star. I've rage quit every time I've played it, hence no pathetic score. I have played a lot of Super Pang, though. It will be a bit late. Thanks for introducing me to that one. Regarding theme tunes, a thought occurs. Are the annoying music's not the wrong way around? Certainly to my taste. That annoy and enjoy. He reckons they're the wrong way around. We could re redo them, couldn't we? Yeah. Uh, the Playcast pod, the Playthrough podcast, which I haven't heard yet, because when I changed my work when I moved up to Scotland, I haven't really had a chance to listen to any of them. But now I live quite close to work. When the weather gets better, I'm going to start walking to work, and I'll be catching up on a load of podcasts. I need to listen to the Playthrough podcast, and they say. An irritatingly addictive start to 2022, but don't get me started on the cars that can't make up the smallest of hills before rolling backwards towards you. 
talking about up and down. I've steadily improved through the month and hit a brick wall at level seven. Not literally. It's got a Sega logo on it, so it has to be an enjoy for them. Final score, 75,470. That's from Jim, a.k.a. Wisemids. Mm. Mm, they like it. Mm. Hello, JP. Loving the podcast. Always look forward to the next one. Hope your move went well, Vic, and you are settled in okay. I, yes. have, I have an idea for the podcast. I hope you'll find interesting. I would love to hear stories from listeners and yourselves about the experience of visiting arcades and cafes to, pl- to play games in the 70s and 80s. Some of my fondest memories were visiting Blackpool with my grandparents and my best friend Rob to discover what games are waiting for us. We had no idea what, the, what we would find, so the anticipation was incredible. My earliest memory of Blackpool was playing the incredible Space Wars. That must be that vector one. Mm. Atari Basketball and Boot Hill. My friend Rob became so good on games, he would often win the high high school competitions at the cafes in our hometown of Eccles. Then he, he ate an Eccles cake and fell ill. He fell over and fell down the stairs. Never again would he eat an Eccles cake. It could have been food poisoning. What? <laughs> I made all that up. He got banned from the cafe because his 10p would last for hours and scramble. And the owner was losing revenue. Oof, there must be hundreds of great stories and experiences out there from listeners. I'm sure you could, you two could put a crazy spin on it. Not us. We're not crazy. We're normal. Right. You've got two things to do here. Mm. One, explain to our listeners who are not from the north of England what an Eccles cake is. Is it? Here we it, go. It's currants in it. It's bits of currants and stuff. I don't remember. It's almost like a rock cake, but it's got raisins in it. I, I I do particularly like an Eccles cake. I love an Eccles cake. And secondly, that is a good idea. If listeners have got stories from their past, their childhoods, of arcades, cafes with games in, swimming baths with games in, bowling alleys with games in, whatever, from whatever country you're from, we'd like to hear. And we might even have a few people on talking about them. That'd be good to do. I like to do mm. some interviews again, actually. So if you've got some stories about your arcades, especially if you're from another country, we'd like to hear them, please. Give us a shout. So, yeah, thank you, J-Ping, for that. It's a good idea. I like it. Just need to get people involved in it. Mm. Friendly shout-outs. I have a shout-out. I've got a few shout-outs. Let me do mine first, I've got more than you. Go on. Mr. Stuart Tracy, from the Time Warp Arcade, for the Atari 2600 cards. Thank you very much, sir. He sent me some paddles as well. All sorts of stuff. Nice big box of stuff. Love it. Also, 2600 related, someone called VCS Rocks, who's called Roberto in real life, for the Super 2600 cart PCBs. They're absolutely... He designed and got them made himself, and they work a treat. Oof. Ian Turner, an old friend from Weymouth I used to work with years ago. I'll explain this one. You reminded me when you said you met your old school friend and met up with Mm. them. Ian sent me a message the other day uh, to this, the podcast um, email account. Unfortunately, it was for, the main reason was quite a sad one. Um, A a work colleague of ours died. And I suppose it's going to happen as we get older. People we know are going to pass away, unfortunately. And he was a really nice guy, Dave. And he was one of the our group that used to play Dreamcast games when we, when we worked at a place called Marquis Engineering years ago. He was a Dreamcast guy with us lot and unfortunately died. He was only young as well. 
So that was the sad thing, but it was nice to hear from Ian. I hadn't talked to Ian for ages. He used to hang around with Ian quite a lot. We used to play Dreamcast together on his coffee table with keyboards and mouse playing Quake 3 and all this sort of stuff. And I used to live with Ian for a little while, actually. When I, I, when I split up from my ex-wife, we lived together for a while. And obviously we had different girlfriends and we, in the end we sort of moved out with our girlfriends and et cetera, et cetera, and life goes on and blah, blah, blah. And I moved away. But he's still in Weymouth. I think he's still working there as well. And it was nice to hear from him. I haven't heard from him for ages. So hopefully when oh, I go back to nice. Weymouth, God knows when I'm going to be doing that. Hopefully catch up with him. It'd be nice. Cool. Uh, also, big shout out to Porchy uh, for his disassembly of Mouser. And this is one thing I haven't done yet, for goodness sake. He got hold of the Mouser code, which is a game we both love, especially you. Mm. And he's changed some of the code. He did me a, a marathon setting uh, a while back. He, he changed the code. So when you loop the game, you don't get them stupid bats coming to get you. Because I cannot deal with the stupid bats. You found a really good way of doing it. You're much better at the game than I am. And what he did is he removed the bats for me. Completely removed them. I love the bats. You love the bats. I do not I love want the bats. bats. And when two bats turn up, that's a no-no for me. I, I hate it. But what he's done is he's changed the marathon setting. So it's, I think it's the you get an extra life every 10,000 rather than 20,000. So you can just I can just play the game at my leisure. And I love that. And I think he's changed some other bits in it. So I need to play. He sent me the ROM and I need to play it. I need to get hold of that and get, get it in my cab, actually. He says it kills screens. Well, I know it kills screens. Yeah, you... you, six- you didn't quite get there naturally. You used a cheat to get there, but you were nearly there, weren't you? Yeah, if you, I can use save states and get there. We were like three or four lives, but yeah, no more than that, more than that. But it's a sixth loop through. It crashes, and then something's invisible and kills you. Right. And all, all the all the screen starts jagging to the right. Really. So yeah. Proper kill uh, screen. It's good that yeah. he's got it though, isn't it? I like. That. Yeah, I like that because the score is finite kind of thing so what level did you get to like by level four four loops i think so yeah i think i did four loops i think i got three hundred and thirty-six thousand was my highest yeah if i went back to it i'll, I'll get back into it again i think i think you bit- should it'd be nice to get that to that skill screen and record it because you'd mm. be probably be the only person that's ever done it yeah oh yeah. sean i've set you a challenge I do like it. It's it's a brilliant game. I'm not that good at it. I'm not anywhere near as good as you, but I do love playing it still. I love, Especially I love that, that silly little marathon setting John did for us. It's a masterpiece in design, and it's never it's it's random. I'll tell you what's weird. Your beard, apart from, apart from me, a weird beard. Yeah. If you, I think I've said this when we when we did it. If you save state it and then start the game again, yeah. The the mice are in different positions. Oh. They sp- so you save state in the machine yeah. and then the mice are different. That they don't come back. I wonder if it's working on the internal clock or well, summer. I was talking to Porchy on WhatsApp about it and he was saying that the code is really odd. Mm. But we're planning uh, a visit from Mr. Porchy, Mr. 25 and yourself up to see me before long. And you can talk to him about it then. He might be able to explain it a bit more to you. But it's fascinating about the code. I mean, a code of a like 35-year-old game, whatever it is, and we're talking about it now. I love that. Mm. And he, he fixed, I think he's fixed the kill screen mode as well. So if you ever yeah. were to get that far, you can keep going. 
He's a clever lad, what, isn't he? I wonder what would happen. It just got, it, it just got faster and faster and faster. Yeah. So, so by the time you're on fourth level, you've just got, really got to keep moving. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. We'll talk to him when he comes up, actually. I can't mm. wait for that. It'll be good seeing all you lot. Also, Bill Wallum, a listener of ours, he was showing off his ultra-cool red TV thing on Twitter. And what it is, what is that? And it looked like an old computer. It was a red keyboard and a red CRT screen with it. And it looked really cool, really nice little thing. And I actually said, what is it? What computer is that? And he said, oh, it's, it's actually... It's just a, a Raspberry Pi in, inside an old TV, and he, he replaced the insides of the TV because it was broken. And he's made a really cool-looking Raspberry Pi computer with a CRT, and he plays games on it. It's really, really smart. And I love seeing it. I'll put a Twitter link on there for people to look at, and it's really cool. Also, Bill, thank you very much for sending me. He was on about um, colour TVs in his loft. He said, oh, I need a new 10-inch colour TV for another project I want to do. And I've got something in mind for it. And he sent me a really nice Panasonic 10-inch colour TV for the next project. And I, f- I was going to do, I was going to make a vertical bar top, like the one I've mm. done horizontal, but do a vertical one. But this thing is such a nice shape, I'm going to do something else with it I've got in mind. Mm. And it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And also, unfortunately, Bill, sorry about this. Thank you for the for the TV. It's absolutely brilliant. But we will not be banning your 13-year-old because he keeps beating you in high score challenges. <laughs> he, he called for his own son to be to be banned, which is below the belt, I think. But I think, I think his lad has beat him in this game as well. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of quick shout-outs. Martin, Martin Deadlock. Oh, yes. He does, he yes, does for our me pod- too. He does our podcast book, but he's turned it into podcast list, but he's yes. turned it into a bookshelf. So it's like this HTML5 bookshelf when you click on it. It depends on the size of your browser, it resizes. Yeah. But on this bookshelf is four books. It's the book of Ar- 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 Ten Pence Arcade, I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. It's the book of Ret- Pixel Hunt, Retro Asylum, and RGDS. And you click on it, and it opens like a book, and the pages fold. They sound so, like the four best podcasts in the land. They are quite good. Click on view and it loads. Ooh. And it, Let me tell you a story. And then it's, yeah, it's very clever. It's very clever. We like so, it. Thanks, Mrs. Deadlock. And also a shout out, he's not going to hear this, to Nick Sanders, the guy I met from my old hunting ground in Wellingborough, Northamptonshire. What were you hunting? We were hunting hopes otters. and dreams hopes and dreams of a possible future not otters not otters oh okay they're unless like they were, they're awesome unless they were hopeful otters and then we were hunting them Sean yep <laughs> I think you should quiz me quiz you right up mate play the music here we go this I actually did a month ago, but it's still relevant because it's based in ancient arcade knowledge. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to do ten years again. Yeah, a couple of questions from each year, going from 1977 to 1986. I was four and I was uh, thirteen. I was seven and I was sixteen. Anyway, yes. Right, question number one. These are getting harder, so Excellent. Bring it hopefully on. you won't get them all. <laughs> Bring it on, Beardy. Canyon, bon- Canyon Bomber. Who made that? 
Atari. Damn it. <laughs> what type of game is it? I had the version of this on the VIC-20. It's called Blitzkrieg. Your aeroplane, where it is, goes along from left to right, and when you press the button, it drops a bomb, and you've got to break, break the city down that's underneath you so you can land your craft. God damn it, that's two. <laughs> and the third question, how many buttons does this game have? One. One. That's it. The whole game's just got one button, isn't it? That's it. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, I, was, I read that wrong. I said, what are the controls? And it's just one button. I would have known anyway, mate. Yeah. Three out of one. Next one. Meadows Games Dead Eye. What is the character that you play in Meadows Games Dead Eye? Is he 19- like a farmer shooting burbs? Kind of. He's got a shotgun anyway and a hat. Yeah. He's a cowboy. Okay. I'll say that's correct. It might be a farmer, you know. Mm-hmm. He's shooting, it looks like... shooting burbs, crows, that are nicking his crops, I reckon. I'll give you a point for that. And what what kind of game is it? You've already sort of answered that. But so there's that's more another to it. answer for me. It's, it's a weird kind of a breakout thing. Oh, I had to play that. I've seen it, but mm. I don't think I've ever played it. I flicked through it in main before, but I never played it. Cause has it got unique controls? Can't, I don't know. Might be a spinner you can move your... Your shotgun around with. I'll have a look. Could be. Hmm. 1979. This is quite an easy question. Monaco GP. Who made the hell out of that? Sega. Monaco GP. Yeah. What is special about this game? Ooh. 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 Was it the first... Ooh. Was it the first colour game? Was it the first... No, it wasn't the first colour game. First game to use a processor. No. Monaco no. GP. It Ooh, was. A, I know there's something special about it. It was a first in something, wasn't it? Uh, Go on then, tell me. It was. It was the last TTL game. Oh, so I was, I was slightly on the on the wrong side of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was. There was also a game called Pro Monaco GP. True or false? False. No, it's true. Ooh. There was a bunch it, of them, wasn't there? Yeah, I think it was only released in Spain or something, but it's called Pro Monaco GP. A few alterations. We are up to 1980, kids. It was a crazy year. I had my, I had a fake, I had a fake BMX. It, it's some weird German thing that my dad got me. It's good though. You can do right good wheelies. Right. Okay, this is a multiple point question. Okay, I'll get five 90, million points. 1980 to 81, Nichibutsu went mad on calling every game they ever made Moon something. How many Moon games, apart from Moon Cresta, uh-huh. can, can Nichi, Nichibutsu games, can you name? Moonlander? Uh, no. Uh, Moon Quasar? Was that one of theirs? Yeah. Moon Patrol, wasn't that? That's a IREM game, isn't it? Yeah, it's not yet, no. I thought they did a few, Moon. No, I did loads. There's some, some that are not released in Maim, unmaimed. Oh, Moon Looney? No. <laughs> moon Pucks? No. Moon Poon? No. I thought you'd get a few of these. They are oh, a bit weird. Uh, there's, there's a Moon Alien? Of... Yes. Because that's, gal- that's some Galaxian hardware, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, moon Moon Baddies? As a sequel to to Moon Alien. Moon Alien 2? Yeah. Wow. That, that must have t- taken a while for the planning department to work out. I can't think of any others. Right, you could have had Moon Base. Oh, I didn't Mo- know that. Damn it. Moon Raker. No, I didn't know Moon that one. Moon Shuttle. 
Any moon, moon shuttle? Moon tracker. Mm. Moon trek. Super moon base. Oh, well, never heard of some I've heard of moon loads. base. That's about the only one I, I recognise out there a lot. There's screenshots on a website. I think it's called Unmained or something. Yeah. And still a lot of them have not actually been... They were moon that, crazy, those people. A lot of them are just moon crest with different graphics and you know, sort of different... Off their like heads that. on the moon, they were. They did loads of, like, moon terracrested things that were very similar, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Thought that they got they got a formula that works. Just copy it, right? Nineteen eighty one. We're up to nineteen eighty one. Kids, space dungeon by Taito. What controls were that there? They're using the two joysticks, twin stick, twin stick. How many? Ro- it's a grid. Mm. Every, every level was a grid. How many rooms were in the grid? Eight by eight, sixty four. No, thirty six. Six Darn by six. It. Darn it. And this game, Space Dungeon, appeared in the infamous 1983 film. What was that called? Joysticks? Yeah. Right, you got 10 out of 5 or something. Right, side art question. This will be a tricky one. Alpine Ski, 1982, Alpine Ski. What was the side art? It's Taito. What was the side art? It didn't have any. It was in a Taito uh, Taito diet cab. Which has had stripes on the side. What colour? Oh, they did lots of different colours. I'd say orange and white. Blue and grey. Yeah, still, there wasn't any side up there, was it? It was just stripes. Well, no, it's, it's that kind of... I like that kind of Taito bit. You know, yeah, but Taito, uh, they, they were called diet cabs, and they put a lot of their generic... They put a lot of their games in a generic cab, just with different colours on the side. I think Zookeeper mm. came in an orange and white one. Jungle Hunt did. Yeah, yeah. You... you. Mm. <laughs> True or false? True or false on Alpine Ski? Players travelled up the screen instead of down. False. No, true. Oh, darn, I've never played it. Weird. Mm. uh, Oh, hang on, another side art question. Williams Blaster. What was the side art on Williams Blaster? Like a spaceship? No. What was it? What is it? Orangey red perspective grid thing. Oh, I looked at the side of a blaster. I've played one. Two other cab designs, apart from the normal normal Woody, what were the two other cab designs of Williams Blaster? Durham Old. Yeah, that's one. A cockpit? Yeah, would you believe it come in a cockpit? Yeah, that's super rare, that one. Right, next one, uh, we're up to 1984. Sea Fighter Poseidon. Sea Fighter Poseidon was developed by who? Taito. Yep. God, how'd you get that? Because it's old hardware. It's on Space Invaders hardware, I think. Oh. All right, then. How would you play What is it? What's the kind of play thing? It's like Seawolf. No. You don't shoot submarines. No, it's not It's not that kind of game at all. Oh. I'm th- maybe I'm thinking of um, Polaris. That was. That's Space Invaders hardware by Taito. What kind of game was it? It's like a left to left to right scrolling kind of scramble thing, oh, and it's okay. it's a jet ski thing. And as as you're running out of fuel on it, you can get off it and get on another jet ski so you don't die. You got a nick a jet ski. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> right, 1985. Two two hardware questions. The first one, I can't even remember writing. It's been that long time ago. 
Novomatic Cannonball was a weird breakout type of thing. What hardware was it on? Novomatic Cannonball. What kind of hardware was it on? Yeah, 1985. Z80? Yeah. A lot of stuff was on Z80 back then, wasn't it? Z80 or 6502? Not 1985, it was going out of it. That's getting a bit late for that. Okay, well, what was the? I've, I've done what I've done here, but what was the speed of the megahertz in the Pac-Man Z80? Ooh, three point five seven, something like that. Three. I'll give you half a point. Thank you. I'll give you one point. Can't be right. Nineteen eighty-six. This is the last one. Seven twenty degrees, not three sixty. Seven twenty. You spin that skateboard, Sunny Jim. What hardware was that on? Ooh, 68,000? No. What was it? Atari System 2 hardware. Ah, but what processor was it? Atari System 2. No, it wasn't. It was. 68,000 <laughs> processor, I'm sure it did. Get on System 60 and have a look. It looks 16-bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right, it's 68. It's uh, System 2 hardware, but the processor... The processor was, main CPU, a DEC T11 at 10 megahertz. Oh, not... Not at all, 68,000, is it? don't know what the hell that is. I don't know. Anyway. Let's say a big fat no, then. Res- what resolution does this run at? It's quite high. Medium res. Which is? Uh, 25 kilohertz. Well, I'm not sure about the actual resolution, though. I need pixels. Oh, God. Uh, 582 by 358? I don't know. It's not far off. 512 by 384. Yeah, that'll do. Close. I know it's medium res. Right, there was also an unreleased prototype on Atari System 2 hardware based on little creatures in a famous film of the time. Oh, Gremlins. Yeah. And also, didn't they do Beavis and Butthead as well on that similar hardware? There was a Gremlins game on prototype. I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, guess. It looks like you remember Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters, that kind of 3D isometric. Yeah. It looks a bit like that from cool. the screenshot. From Sounds the screenshots. Awesome. I don't nice. think you got very far. Anyway, so you got not as many as you normally do. You got 16 out of 10. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good going. Six extra points. Right then. Feature game review. The featured game is up and down. <laughs> what is it? It's up and down. And down. Sorry, I have to do this. Up and down. Up and down. Up and down. Sega, 1983. Sega System 1 hardware, which has got a few good games on it, such as Flicky, Choplifter, Wonder Boy. It's a four-way stick and one button, and it sounds exactly like this. Do you have an implausible backstory, Sean? Not. The game's implausible enough. It certainly is. Yeah. Tell the listeners what you have to do in this silly game. This is Charlie Farr's pick. 
you are what looks like a pink Volkswagen Beetle equipped with chunky wheels. It's a vertically scrolling overhead view game with a slight angle with slight angle on the graphics. So you're viewing the vehicles and the bad guys slightly from behind. Drive up crissy crossy roads, collecting 10 flags in any order while avoiding or squashing enemy vehicles from above when approaching below your car or in front of your car. The flags need to be completed before the level is finished. And there's a, there's a sort of a, a bar at the top of the screen. When they go white on this bar, it means you've got them. A time bonus is awarded depending on how quickly you can collect the flags in the round. Easy, right? No. No. You can only jump when moving forwards. Even crawling forwards, you can jump. Remember this catchy phrase to help. Reverse is the curse. Remember that? So don't R-I-T-C reverse. R-I-T-C for short. Ritzka. <laughs> if you go too slow for even a short amount of time, you are attacked above and below by silver turbo vehicles. Remember Ooh. this catchy phrase to help. Too slow turbo show. Or TSTS. That is a handy acronym. Remember, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if if you manage to dodge the silver cars, you're eventually run over by a blue boulder. Ooh. Have you seen that? No. If you hang around for this turbo blue boulder comes at you. Oh, difficult. Crap. It's very difficult to hang around and point press on this game, obviously. You need to increase your speed when approaching the darker parts of the tracks for they be up ramps. Mm. You can lose momentum if not fast enough and roll back down the ramp into an inevitable guy that's going to smash into you. Here's another catchy tune for the... Remember that. Up ramps. <laughs> Up ramps, stomach. <laughs> I can't even read. Up just a minute. Ramps. You just said up ramps or stomach. <laughs> up ramps, stomach cramps. Or ersk. I, I don't know what I've written that for sure. Whiter parts of the track are down ramps, and you can't control your speed very much on those. You put you reverse, but you can't control it much. Another phrase <laughs> to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> written here oh, I was going to say I was drunk but I don't drink hardly anymore ramps down seen a clown or RD sack rad sack for sure there's also at least two two tracks snaking at the screen like it's like like angled snakes you can jump up between them between the tracks if you're good enough collect the flags to avoid enemies you know leaping over tracks if if careful if not careful you accidentally miss the tracks and land in the surrounding countryside. But, and but we'll be die do- in a flaming mess. Which would be nice on, an, on a day out in the countryside, but not on this game, kids. One final, final phrase here. <laughs> Is that even funny? Miss the track, get the sack. Or umbertugutus, M-T-T-G-S, G-T-S. For sure. Yeah. It took you nearly a minute to say that. Mr. Track, you get the sack. Oh, dear. After a while, the tracks wrap around so you can pick up any flag you've missed. The courses are more complicated after round two with round two with three tracks snaking over each other. Gaps in the road are dead ends. The sections you colour in green, they, start, they turn to grass. So the next loop through, you crash in the grass. You, 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 do, you can leap over them, though. Tips and secrets... Obviously, get used to handling the car. It is re difficult. That's the key. It's a bit like the burb in Joust. Once you get to handle, used to the, 
you won't like it, the inertia. Yeah. You, you do get into it more. You can control your car mid-jump, almost stopping forward momentum and reversing a bit so you can land on enemy on enemies and not overshoot the track. That's a good good going. Yeah, I kept Charlie, overshooting the track and crashing. Charlie Farr said you can actually jump backwards from one lane to another if you do it right. Oh. So you've got to have a, a tiny bit of forward momentum so you can jump and then you can leap backwards. Oh, okay. Very handy for getting that last flag you missed instead of looping around again. And I've put in, unless you are, unless you know you are collecting the last flag and want to risk it, do not drive backwards. Yeah, you die a lot driving backwards. Yeah. Each course is three screens long and then it loops. My tips, look slightly ahead, plan your jumps, try to minimise your time on the course by collecting as many flags as possible on your first loop through and so collecting a time bonus, which is... I can't get a 20-second bonus. Charlie Farr can't get it, so therefore it's impossible. Yes. Some rounds have dead ends of flags at the end. If it's the last flag, then that's okay because you, get, you can just get it before going off the dead end into this countryside. There's a couple of janky bits where you seem to unexpectedly end up on a different bit of road when landing from a jump, so be careful, be, be aware of them. You get to learn them. Jump on flag-carrying race cars to collect that colour flag. So if a green car comes, a car with a green flag, you get a green flag if you land mm. it. But, but they come up behind and they're quick, so you've got a time. Timing, the time it's a lot of it. The clean I think my tip for the game is use that second button that Char uh, uh, Mr. Cronin said about, the off button. Yeah. <laughs> graphics and sound. I like the graphics. Background and enemies hardly change at all, though, throughout the whole game. Tune is nice and jaunty, but I soon switched it off to listen to dub techno. Do you know <laughs> what? I don't agree. Because this is System 1 hardware, and you had stuff like Flicky and mm. Wonderboy, which is much nicer and a much better sounding game than this old junk. Mm. This, this looks really old. It looks really old. The graphics are really simple. Not great. And the, the sound's poo. It's quite a technical game, though, isn't it? It's for, for the what, jumping up and down and landing on stuff? No. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Diagonals and that. Wonderboy and Flicky, two games that I'm not that keen on, but they look good and they sound good, are much better. Mm. Very poor. They, they are better. Cabinet Art, dedicated also to separate conversion kit for Zaxxon and Frogger. You don't want to convert Frogger to this, would you? Really? No, but I would Frog want to convert Zaxxon for it. <laughs> From looking I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't play it. Zaxxon, I want to push over whenever I see it. Mm, I used to love that on one of the... It might have been Commodore 64. I loved it. Ugh. It might have become a little 64. From looking at the flyer side art on the dedicated, it's nice and colourful, although not much on the bottom half of the cab. There you go. That's it's nice a very and colourful. pointy cab, isn't it? It's a very angular cab. It's, it's a bit like a... What's that look like? You know what it, you know cabs are, it's shapes. It looks like a, a Ballycenti cab, which I'm not too keen on. It also looks a bit like a Tempest, because it's quite angular. That's it. I That's do like I the side art and the front art on it. The art is quite nice on this game. Looks lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not too keen on the shape of the cab, but the artwork's lovely. Trivia. Pengo makes a guest appearance in this game if you manage to pass the first four rounds in under a minute each. The yeah, Pengo right. will appear in the water. I've seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, not, not on my plane, but I've seen it on YouTube. Oh, the pe right. penguin will appear in the water of round five riding a surfboard. Are you sure you weren't just hallucinating? Not more than normal. 
Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's on YouTube, so I should put a link on. Okay. YouTube of your mind. Let's Ooh. do some scores. And at the very, very bottom, we knew it was going to happen, Mr. Brian Haribo, <gasps> 1,390. He's just written, no. That's fair enough. You can't argue with that. Retro Russ, 9920. Quite like it. Sort of a mix of Treasure Island and Bump and Jump. Oof. Yes, it's got the same, because it's a, definitely a four-way we discovered. It's got that same... You've got to think a bit differently. No. You go, you push up to go up your lane. I refer and, you to Brian's comment. Down no. to go down the lane, and then left and right changes no. lane. No. Retro <laughs> Schmupper, 13,317. He got more than me. I got about 12,000. I can't be asked to put a, get a score in because it's that bad. And he says, quite fun for a few goes, would be one to pop the odd 10 p into every now and then. Never really played in the arcade, preferred Rally X. And he was quite right to prefer Rally X. Much better game. Groove Furnishings PLC, 14,370. The scores are quite low so far, aren't they? It's quite a low-scoring game. Mm. K-June got 14,880. Virgil's Antique, 14,930. The Exploding Pinball Man, 15,480. Ross Ross, 18,190. Neil, 20 to 5, 18,490. And he says, having played this more than enough times this week, I'm still able to find, still unable to find any ups amongst the countless downs. <laughs> Very good. Infuriatingly poor. Every death feels like a cheap cheat. Truly horrific in every single aspect. And he says, Mr. Charlie Farr, I'm not angry. Just disappointed. Oh. He's right to be. Airship Arcade, 18,990. ZX Michael, 20,460. It's a while since the game got my thropneys as much as this. Flipping annoying. <laughs> Tin Brother of Bronze, 20,860. The Storm of All Ivans, 24,080. He is Jimmy, 24,390. One word, awful. That's all it needs. Nick 73, 25,660. No time on this, but no loss at not loving it. Feels like a lot of cheap deaths, and the hitbox is way too big. Yeah, I talk about that in a bit. Stuart Timewalk, 25,970. Mr. Messi, 28,140. I had never played this before last year. I mostly enjoy it, but sometimes it's bang out of order. It's a bit like Chicken Pathia in that respect. Oh, One Punch Ron, now called One Punch Ron, not Rob. 29,010. Pilbo, 33,040. J-Ping, we heard from earlier. Couldn't get into this game. Seems unfair, but others are getting good scores, so it might be me. I think you need some patience. Looking forward to the next game. New MK, 36,390. A quirky, if highly frustrating game. Your 10p wouldn't have lasted long back in the day. Okay for an odd game or two, but hats off if you can stick at it. Old man Steve, 38,130. I've never wanted to punch a screen so much. <laughs> excluding the wigged orange and podgy... Excluding the wigged orange and podgy mop. What's that? We have no idea what he's on about. No. Ed Horse, 40,460. Mark Watnagrivi, 40,480. Finally break the 40k barrier. Enough is enough. A game as frustrating as enjoyable. New balls, please. As this store, 40,490, beat Motmo Gravy by 10 points. Drumsy Psychic, 45,730, up and down. Describe my feelings towards this game nicely. Majok, 57,330. Bill Wellham, 
we're getting into the points now. We've got two points. 68,760. I love up and down. I bloody love it. It gives me a chance to mix my totally ace driving skills with a true-to-life experience of hill racing. Only issue is, is Louis is better than me. Again, that's his, his lad. And we're not banning him. Johnny B, 69,230. Thanks, Johnny B, by the way, for allowing me to use his picture for my YouTube video of the Williams Defender meet. Cool. He took a picture of me. Sean Biscuits, this is me, 69,340. How did you get that far? That's round four, I think. Wise Mids, 75,470. Struggling with level seven, irritatingly addictive. <laughs> no. Rob DC, 77,180. Good scores now. They are. Rygar, 88,160. Sal Bug. Oh, it had to be, didn't it? In third place, 94,800. Definitely a wonky game that takes some getting used to, but I found it to be quite fun once I got the hang of it. Lots of room for improvement to this one, but by far the most annoying thing about it is not knowing how many lives you have. And you know, he was playing on a mister, yeah, and it didn't have the lives in it. And I said, well, I don't know what you're on about, because the lives are in the bottom left screen. They're little, little car symbols. Right. And he said it might have been the mist, or the, it's not been the ROM's not been created Some properly. Some Mister games do have glitches. Still, it depends mm. what they do with the core. But if it's janky, Sal will like it. Sal likes a janky game, and he's obviously he good does. at it as well. The second place, Louis Wellham, with one hundred and ten thousand three hundred and sixty. I think Louis is thirteen. Yeah, what a fantastic score! He really is good. And Charlie Farsback, he doubled anyone else's score, 232,840. Played some more up and down last night on Twitch. Takes some getting used to, but such a fun, unique game. It is unique. And like the last game we unfortunately let him pick, he is very wrong. <laughs> Remember the other game he picked? Peter Packrat. Peter Packrat. The second worst game we've ever played. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it is. I played that recently. First level's all right, then it goes a bit down. No, it's not. It's terrible. It's all terrible. Now, for some reason, there were ports and sequels of this game. I don't know why. I hope they didn't sell any copies of it. <laughs> the Atari 2600 got it in 1983, up and down. Uh, ColecoVision, 1984, up and down. The Atari XEGS, which is basically the Atari 800, got a version of it. Uh, the Sega Saturn got it on Sega Memorial Selection. Uh... As we said, the 800 got it, which is the same as the XEGS. The Apple II got a version of it in 1984, and the Commodore 64 got one in 1985. A ZX Spectrum port was planned and advertised, but never released to market, probably because Spectrums are a terrible computer. Uh-oh. Now listen, people are probably shouting at the podcast already, right? Come on, they were. I had a Spectrum back in the day. I used to love playing my friend's Spectrum when I was a real little kid, but when you look back on a Spectrum now... They were rubbish colours that clashed, hardly had any sound, and sound and video are the main elements of a game, obviously, and gameplay, but sound and video is what brought you to the game, and Spectrums didn't really have any of that. I'm not saying one computer was better than the other, but the Commodore and the Atari were better, much better than the Spectrum. It had some incredible games. It really I can't did. wait for the replies for this. Spectrum did. Anyway, I was a Commodore 64 lad. You were getting off this subject really quickly, Sean. Quickly, quickly. Quick, changes quick, and, run, run. Changes and improvements. I would put bonus points for, squash, for squashing more 
two or more enemies at once, up to a maximum of 9 million points. I'll put collision detection is a bit too harsh on the front of your car. It is stay frosty, kids. But that works in your favour because you can, when you jump, you can squash them. And sometimes you're not hardly touching, touching them and you can squash them. Uh, my improvement would be another one. Make time for make sorry make the bonuses easier to achieve the time bonuses to 20 seconds for your 20,000 that's it's crazy isn't it it's got to be nearly impossible because they the flags are quite random yeah improve this collision detection as said it is good for squashing but you get you get killed when the cars they may not even be touching it's very very it's you know your hitbox is the complete car and then a bit more so yeah it's it's pixel it's a pixel irritant. That's what I call it. Oh, that's good, that. A pixel irritant. I'm going to write that down because I'm going to use that in the next podcast and you'll be forgot it. Right, here we go. Annoy or enjoy. Well, for all its jankiness, underneath it, there is a really good game. No. And I think with, no. a, bit of, with a bit of polish no. and, and a bit of refining, it could have been brilliant, but I'm still playing it. So that sure. proves that proves something. Sure. So I, yeah. You know the old saying, don't you? Yeah. You can't polish a turd. And if you try, you're going to get covered in... <laughs> well, in a recent survey of over 26 podcasters, 85% said they were 45% sure that 23% of this game is enjoyable. No, you're using, you're using the statistics to fool people. That's not mm. on. Mm. Annoy. Massively annoy. I never really played more than 10 seconds of this game, and now I know why. Touching one pixel of your stupid car into another stupid car results in stupid death. Jumping off the road? Death. Going backwards? You guessed it. Death. Everything equals death. Lots of death does not equal fun, Sean. Sean, do you like death? No, I've I've not experienced it yet, but I can't think it's very good. You're possessed. I do like it. Oh, no, I the think. game's horrible. It's so horrible. It's not fun. It's, it's, it's very just, nearly. It's very nearly. Every time you do anything, it. you've got no margin of error whatsoever. You're dead. If you're going towards something and you're not quite quick enough, dead. If you go backwards, dead. If you go the wrong way, dead. <laughs> Anywhere near a car, dead. Look at the penguin, dead. <laughs> it's everything, dead. It's just not... It's just... It's not fun. When you when you get killed every two seconds, it's not much fun. You need to get better at the game. Or turn it off. I, I just couldn't play it. Honestly, I tried, and it was just so annoying. It's it, one of those yeah. games where you can die, and within two seconds you're dead again. New t- another two seconds you're dead, and that's your 10p gone. If you were a kid and you lasted four seconds, you would not be happy. Yeah. I, I would have pushed the machine over. Someone made it, remade it with the same game mechanics there's been nothing like it since I don't think it's clever there's a reason for that someone remade it and just like ironed out a few bugs ironed out a few I turned it into Rally X yeah it'd be a much better game I think it's a good idea for a game I like it I do actually like it I don't like jumping on stuff saying that jump bug jump bug jump bug is a car jumping on stuff and that's a lot of fun because you can shoot as well but Mm. bump and jump and this I both hate with a vengeance. I love Bump and Jump. Ugh, I hate that game. So That's annoying. So cool. Such Nasty a good game. game. It's poo. Game. Don't like it. Great game. I'm going to sit under the stairs now. 
<laughs> Sulk. <laughs> he can't get under the stairs, and he was 25s in, in, in the box under the stairs. That's where he belongs. Mm. I'm going to put him in there when he comes, actually. I've got a massive room under the stairs, by the way. I've got my tools in there. Oh, nice. And some bikes. You could probably get a cab in there. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Right, mm. before we go, <laughs> let's Cabs do everywhere. this. Next show's game. Right. And it is my pick. And I've got a few different games to choose from. And I was thinking, Trojan? Have we done Guzzler? No. Image Fight? Parodius Da? Or In the Hunt? I fancy a submarine game. In the Hunt? In oh, that's, the Hunt. That's by the Metal Slug people, isn't it? It's Nazca. I think it was produced by Nazca. Oh, that'd be fun. But it was under Irem. So we're going to play In the Hunt by Irem. The ROM is called In the Hunt. All one word. Lives are three as standard. Difficulty normal. And there's no extra by the looks of it. That'd be standard settings, I suppose. So we know what we're playing. We're going to get into some cool pixel art game. I hope it's good because I remember it being good. I've not played much of it. Anyway, you can sub- submit your score as an email to the site, vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can talk to me about other stuff as well on that same email address. Or Twitter as hashtag 10pscore, hashtag 10pscore. Or Facebook as a comment on the podcast post. I encourage people to get the Sidekick app, which is available for Android and Apple phones. Uh, UK VAC, you can go on the site there, you can uh, go on the forum, and basically if you meet me in a coffee shop, tell me about it, I don't know, if you recognise me. Deadline for score submissions is Monday 21st of March, 5pm UK time please, and we look forward to your comments, and hope you like the game, unlike the last one, Sean, Mr Charlie <laughs> Far even, he, he chose it didn't he, harumph. Now, any passing swipes before we go Sean? No, uh, thank you for listening. I'm sorry, it's, sorry it's been so long. We had kids, to get through but, some things, though, didn't we? We had to yeah. work for our demons. Yeah, that's right. That that will do. That's good. That yeah. What so demon? kids, work for your demons, and we'll talk to you in about a month. Thanks right. for listening, and goodbye. Thanks, kids. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.tenpenceocade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>